Wednesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here, and we're going to be talking a little bit of Buffalo Bills coming off a big win at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Before we go further, I do want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Crossover Football, giving coaches the ability to break down game film to pull stats, searchable clips, tendency reports, and much more from both desktop and mobile solutions. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon. And you get one free breakdown when you sign up today. Mark, talking a little bit about the bills, we are joined here uh, by Chris Trapasso as well. And actually, I'll bring him in before I bring Mark in. It's always good to invite your guests in first, I guess. Chris, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. For those of you who aren't familiar with him, Chris is the editor-in-chief over at Buffalo Rumblings, or Buff Rumblings, I'm sorry. And, uh, Chris, I guess going into this season, you know, obviously this this was a team that, you know, was kind of a little bit hard to get a handle on last year even when you looked at it. You bring in Rex Ryan and you say, okay, we're going to be a defensive-minded team and really struggled in particular, uh, you know, in past defense, really had some issues there. What were the things that you were looking for just coming into this season that you wanted to try to measure this team on to gauge if they'd be successful? Well, I think when you're kind of talking about the defensive side, obviously, like you mentioned, and it's very well documented that after you know such great success on the defensive side of the ball in 2014 with Jim Schwartz, the sacks went from first in the league to 31st in the league. Um, the pass defense was, was not as good. The run defense was okay, but not great. And that just did not seem to align with what we've seen from Rex Ryan throughout his career. So I just wanted to see the Bills getting more pressure and just taking down the um, opposing signal caller a lot more than they did last season. Um, just because it just seemed like with the personnel that they had that they weren't going to have any problems sacking the quarterback last year, and they did. They obviously made a lot of changes in the offseason, especially on that side of the ball, releasing Mario Williams with some um, um, spending some early draft picks on the defensive side um, that I just wanted to see if they were able to get to the quarterback a lot more. And then on the offensive side, it's really been all about Tyrod Taylor to see if he can make that next step from a guy who was surprisingly very good, very efficient last year, great down the field had a quarterback rating of 99 last year, was was one of the biggest, um, I think, one of the biggest surprises in the entire NFL, especially at the quarterback spot. Um, So, and then with him signing his kind of creative extension where the Bills pay him um, $9.5 this year, and then they have a team option to continue the extension after this season, it's really all about can Rex scheme uh, this Bills defense to get to the quarterback more, and can Tyrod Taylor take the next step as a potential franchise quarterback for Buffalo? Now, Chris, obviously things didn't start out the way Buffalo fans would have hoped. Dropped the first two games, including one to the Jets. So actually saw the offensive coordinator get fired after the game. What did you see the first two weeks that really gave you some concerns? Was it that offense, or was it more the defensive side of the ball that gave you some pause? Well, in week one against the Ravens, after the first quarter – um, the Bills' defense really shut down Joe Flacco. They shut down the Ravens' running back committee. Um, they sacked him four times. Really couldn't get anything going um, on offense for the Ravens. Um, but 
really for the Bills, anything down the field, the run game was just not there. And um, certainly we've seen after, um, through three weeks that I think that the Ravens have a better defensive line than a lot of people thought. And that's including myself. I think Timmy Jernigan's playing lights out football. Um, and they have, um, or they didn't even have Elvis, or Elvis Tumerville for week one. Um, Terrell Suggs is obviously up there in age. Brandon Williams is probably one of the better, if not the best, pure uh, nose tackle in the game. But that was a game going in that the Bills and a lot of Bills fans probably thought that they could get a huge win on the road against a team that's really contended. And then in week two, um, outside of those two deep balls from Tyrod Taylor to Marquise Goodwin, that was a fantastic throw and kind of a playground kind of play to Greg Salas in the third quarter that was a 71-yard touchdown, the Bills' offense was pretty – just really couldn't get anything going on the ground or through the air again. Um, it seemed as though Greg Roman's attack was, was not really getting stale, but there was just so much vertical element to it which I think made sense because of how good Tyrod was down the field last year. Um, but, I mean, against that Jets, um, really good defensive line that got back Sheldon Richardson in week two. Um, the protection was not really able to hold up long enough for a lot of those longer developing routes. Um, Sammy Watkins is, was probably not 100% for that game. Um, and then on the defensive side, pretty much every jump ball that Ryan Fitzpatrick threw up there to his big receivers. And that's certainly part of their offense with Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker. And we've even seen with Quincy Anua, who's not a small wide receiver by any means. Um, they brought down every single jump ball against Ronald Darby and Stephon Gilmore. Fitzpatrick was, was good. Um, but I think his overall performance was really um, helped by just what Brandon Marshall and those um, Jets wide receivers were able to do. Um, Matt Forte had three touchdowns in that game, but he ran 30 times for only 100 yards. So I think through the first two games, that is probably why you saw Greg Roman get fired, um, just because outside of two big plays, the Bills' offense was really not able to get going. So, And certainly after three games, it seems as though the defense is much further ahead than the Bills' offense at this point. Chris, one of the things that we've seen from that defense through the first three games is a major uptick in sack production from last year. Ten sacks through the first three games compared to 21 all of last season. Is this something that you feel is sustainable, or is it more a result of missed blocking schemes by opposing teams to this point? I think it's sustainable because... Um, as Rex kind of talked about last year, he went, he claimed to kind of go through the first half of the 2015 season, trying to kind of utilize Jim Schwartz's system, but kind of throw in some of what, what he always liked to do. And for as good as um, Rex and Jim Schwartz are in terms of just scheming on defense, their schemes are totally different, obviously. Um, and through the first three weeks, we've seen classic Rex Ryan defensers been uh, zone blitzes, corner blitzes, overload blitzes, double A-gap blitzes. Um, and I think because they don't have Shaq Lawson, they haven't had Marcel Darius, Mario Williams is gone, they're really playing guys that are typically depth players, situational, maybe even run stoppers on their defensive line. Um, outside of Kyle Williams and Jerry Hughes, they don't have, you know, that cold front of that, you know, top – for uh, defensive linemen that they've had over the past um, 
two or three seasons. So what Rex has had to kind of do is scheme his pressure, which is what he was so good at and so successful with, with the Jets. So when you watch that um, Cardinals game from week three, there were a few great individual efforts by Jerry Hughes, but most of those sacks um, came just by, by the Bills completely confusing um, what the Cardinals were wanting to do up front with their blocking scheme. So I think you are kind of alluding to something with your question that, you know, if, if teams get smarter with their blocking schemes, they could kind of limit the Bills' uh, sack production. But that's what Rex has done his whole career is, is kind of drawn up um, these totally diverse creative blitzes to free up guys like Corey Graham coming off the edge from the safety spot. Um, Ronald Darby blitzed a lot against the Baltimore Ravens in week one. So I think because Rex realizes that he doesn't have just that personnel that can just win one-on-one matchups where he can just rush four, he may only send four, but it's coming from all different directions. So I think if he continues to just run his classic style of defense and just kind of operate his philosophy. I don't know if the Bills are going to have 53 sacks, which is what they're on pace for, um, but I, I certainly think that the number should be higher than 21 and probably somewhere in the 30s or 40s this year. We're talking with Chris Trapasso from Buffalo Rumblings. We're going to get into some more Bills talk but in a minute, but first I wanted to remind our listeners that crossover football can help coaches win more games and make smarter use of the film with their teams. Crossover breaks down and stats out your game film, giving you searchable clips, advanced ODK, tendency reports, and a wealth of other great information that you can access from any PC or mobile device. Your formations and personnel packages can be labeled with your own team's terminology. You can create custom highlight reels for your players, and you can exchange video with anyone on any platform. To try one game for free, sign up for a demo at crossover.com slash pylon. That's crossover with a K dot com slash pylon to get one breakdown for free today. Chris, I wanted to ask you about this Buffalo secondary. Looking at that game against Arizona, it seems like the Arizona receivers were having a really tough time getting some separation, finding some open space, whether it was zone or man coverage. Were you impressed with how that secondary played on Sunday? Yeah, I, um, especially coming off that game against the Jets, which I alluded to earlier, that any of those jump ball situations or even in you know tight coverage on a back shoulder throw, on a dig, on an out route, the Jets uh, pretty much came down with every single one of those. And it wasn't even just Brandon Marshall. It wasn't even just Eric Decker. Jalen Marshall, the undrafted rookie, made a couple big catches down the field. But more so um, than the actual individual play of some guys, and, and certainly Aaron Williams had a good day, Corey Graham had a good day, Stephon Gilmore really bounced back with two with two interceptions, one of which was kind of a gift. But Rex and Dennis Thurman used a quarter package a lot where they had seven D-backs on the field. They only rushed three. Um, there were a few times that when I rewatched the game, I saw that there was actually four safeties on the field, which, you know, as we've seen throughout Rex's career, he really does have kind of uh, affinity for those safeties that can just that can play in the box, that can play – um, in the deep middle of the field. Um, so when you watch that film, especially from the coach's angle, you can see that there was just guys running underneath routes. They were bracketing Larry Fitzgerald with two and even three guys. Um, they were really showing a lot of different looks. And just with having that many defensive backs on the field, it obviously added a lot of speed at the back end for the Bills. And when you're playing a team like the Cardinals, that you know Bruce Arians is going to – 
going to stretch the field a lot. You know that they have Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown. They have a really talented group of pass catchers. And you know that Carson Palmer is not going to probably run for too many yards. You want to keep him in the pocket. Um, they were able to just really play into what the Cardinals wanted to do and really almost exploit what – not that the Cardinals are totally one-dimensional, but in terms of their passing game, they are to a certain degree. And they had, you know, a lot of times it, it was three down linemen, um, one linebacker, and the rest was um, D-backs on the field. So I think they – the secondary certainly looked a lot more energetic. Um, there, there were three or four balls that were jump balls down the field to Michael Floyd, to John Brown, that, like I said, a week previous, um, the opposition was coming down with those passes. But um, on Sunday, Aaron Williams made some plays on jump balls. Um, Corey Graham, even Corey White, who was a cast-off um, from the Saints and the Cowboys, had a interception late that you know essentially sealed the game. Um, so I think it was kind of a mixture of the perfect game plan when you're uh, facing the Arizona Cardinals and just a, a, a more charged up bill secondary. Chris, I want to talk to you a little bit about what we saw from special teams during this game against the Cardinals here because it was one of the craziest things that I've ever seen, just the sheer number of, of strange plays and weird things that you end up seeing. And, and I'll go through the list here. You have Buffalo punter Colton Schmidt putting out a 25 and a 26-yard punt from his own end. You have Chandler Catanzaro hitting a 60-yard field goal, but also being called into duty as the backup punter after Drew Butler goes out for the Cardinals. The Cardinals also snap a, uh, a field goal snapper, an extra point snap rather, over the head of holder Drew Butler, and so they end up missing uh, a field goal, and I believe that ends up getting returned for a touchdown. You have Dan Carpenter missing an extra point. It just seemed like you had all kinds of random crap happening that if one or two of these happened in a game, it would be a little nuts, but you had you know five or six different things where I've never seen anything like it. Have you seen a game where that those types of plays happened in that succession on special teams? Um, I don't think I have. I mean, there's certainly not one in my recent memory that I can think of. And I know you're a big special teams guy, Chuck. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it truly was, uh, a, a really big part of that game on both sides. Um, with the injuries, Dan Carpenter missing extra points is not super rare. Um, the 60 yard field goal was tremendous and it, and it would have been good from about probably 63 or 64 is right down the middle. Um, I don't know if Canizaro is necessarily known for having a uh, huge leg and Colton Schmidt for the bills was top 10 in net um, punting average last year. And he's, you know, was very steady for them. He had been good in the first two games. Wasn't super windy. Actually, there was really no wind at all in the stadium and he just shanked a couple punts. Um, the Cardinals punter had, I think, one or two that kind of went off the side of his foot. Um, and then, obviously, that that botched uh, field goal attempt was huge. That The snap was w one of the higher field goal snaps that I've seen in a while, so there really wasn't any chance for the holder. Um, one other really crazy thing that happened in that game is that after um, Corey Graham intercepted Carson Palmer late in the fourth quarter with the Bills up uh, 17 points, he landed on the one-yard line. He he rolled into the end zone, but but uh, hit the pylon, so he went out of bounds. The refs <laughs> deemed the ball to be at the one-yard line. So Sean McCoy gets stopped for a safety on the next play. 
on the safety punt, John Brown runs it back to like the Bills' 10-yard line. Um, but then Carson Palmer threw another interception. But <laughs> So the Cardinals could have scored nine points in about 10 seconds and gotten right back into the game, down only two scores with about six minutes left. Um, so that was certainly a game that, although there were a lot of big plays, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and in the first quarter the Bills were really clicking on offense, special teams played a huge role, and, it, and I think you're totally right that it was one of the most quirky special teams games I think you'll ever see. So, Chris, Buffalo gets out of this game with a win, gets a 1-2. and two. Now they get to travel to Foxborough and take on the surprisingly 3-0 New England Patriots. What are your expectations for this game, which, you know, both teams come in kind of not expected, not where they expected to be when the season started? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the recent history between these two teams, you got to just say Patriots all the way. But to kind of answer your question more specifically and just looking at the X's and O's and, and, and just kind of looking at this from, from just this game perspective. Um, going back to what I said earlier about how Rex has really just gone all out with mixing, going three-man um, rush on one third down, and then the next down he's sending seven, and then he's sending four all from the same side. Um, the Bills did that last year on Monday Night Football against Tom Brady. Um, they only lost by a touchdown. Tom Brady was probably the most visibly upset that I've seen him at home in a long time in that game. They got a lot of hits on him. He did not have a huge game. Um, obviously, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, different quarterbacks. I think there are some similar characteristics in terms of how quickly they can get out the football. Obviously, the scheme is the same. Um, so if it is Jimmy Garoppolo, which it sounds like it, it, it probably will be, um, I wouldn't be surprised. And certainly Bill, uh, Bill Belichick with you know even extra time to – prepare knows this, but I think you'll see Rex, uh, instead of dropping back just seven or eight into coverage the whole game, which is what the Bills have kind of done in the past against Tom Brady to really no avail, I think you'll see what they did um, in Foxborough last year, and they just say, if this kid can beat us um, while we blitz him pretty much 50 to 60% of the time, then so be it. so I think the Bills' defense actually could kind of keep them in the game. It's just been the offense has been pretty much a big play offense at this point. And Tyrod Taylor um, had his best game against the Cardinals for sure, but he is still missing some guys, especially in the middle of the field. His accuracy hasn't been horrible, um, but although he, he tries to look to his second and third reads, a lot of times he wants to leave the pocket, which it was successful, in doing so against the Cardinals, he had a touchdown run. Um, he had another long run, too, on a option play. So I think going into this game, my expectations are certainly not that I think that the Bills are going to go in and just to kind of use their classic Rex Ryan um, strategy on defense and just blitz Garoppolo or Brissett a lot. And then what I'm mostly going to be looking for is just to see if Tyrod Taylor can can at least play to the level that he did last year, which seemed a little bit more calm than he has thus far. Um, so my expectations are I think it'll be a more competitive game than, than what we've seen in this series overall over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, actually, like the last three or four games have all been within a score or 10 points. So um, I think it'll be a, a more competitive game than the records and just the overall pedigree over the last 15 years of 
both of these teams would probably indicate. Very good. Well, Chris, we are, uh, we're just about out of time, but I do want to thank you again for coming on with us. Uh, very appreciative of you joining us here. I know you're a busy guy, so uh, certainly appreciate the time. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. That's Chris Trapasso. He is the editor-in-chief at Buffalo Rumblings. Mark, we're done for the day, but we're back tomorrow. Got to keep rolling. Big day tomorrow. Got to keep rolling another day tomorrow. We are done for the day. We will catch you tomorrow on the Quick Kicks Podcast. <laughs>